0: all right alex welcome back my friend
1: hey kanji been busy busy summer everybody's traveling around and doing stuff so it's good to get back Actually, together with you interesting
0: that kids just don't stop
1: <laughs> it's good you gotta be outside and running around
0: uh today we're gonna do a uh focus on platforms and add-ons so we're not talking about shoes we're not talking about <laughs> stages We're just going to talk about the the different chatbots that are out there and the LLMs because just in the last, you know, two to three months, a lot more popped up. So I think it'd be good to keep the listeners apprised of what's happening out in the ecosphere as well as the additions and the evolutions that are happening on the existing platforms that were already out there like ChatGPT. How's that sound?
1: That sounds good. Yep, there's some new releases just recently and as early as yesterday with ChatGPT, so good topic.
0: Excellent. Okay. Well, let's start with what was, and then uh, we'll, we'll talk about what is now. So what was, was chat GPT, the gold standard, obviously uh, that we kind of built all the curriculum alt. We built out the curriculum for the kids and then Bard came uh, onto the scene as well and uh, had kind of a lackluster appearance at first, but it's starting to pick up steam there. Um, and now tell me about what's new, what's new on, out in the ecosphere right now, as far as the AI chatbots and the platforms
1: well i think what's really interesting is you know everybody since about november of last year has been talking about ChatGPT, gpt and that is the the big language model the llm that ever that kicked off everything and got everybody's interest what's interesting is ai you know was invented in the 60s and it's been around and even up until the 8 in as early as the 80s that's when some of these other language models that we'll just mention briefly were released and companies have been using them to Build products and, and incorporate in things like Netflix and Siri and and um, you know products like that that we see to suggest movies and answer questions for us. So it's been around for a long time, and some of the language models have been around. It's just nobody really paid attention to them unless they were companies um, or developers that were in that field. And then OpenAI, the company that uh, created the language model for ChatGPT, released it to the public in November, and that's just gone. Like wildfire. Everybody has jumps on it, and it's just made accessibility all that much easier. And because the uh, one of the models, the chat gpt chat gpt three model is free, anybody wherever they are around the world can use it, can use it for development and and all kinds of new and interesting projects are coming up. um, and then just the public is using it to you know for their personal life and businesses and you know students are using it. So it's really kind of cool, but it, looking at it, there's uh, other ones. That like Google has a couple of different ones. One of them is Lambda, that's L-A-M-D-A, and that's that powers Bard, uh, which came out around the same time as OpenAI, but really had a lot of restrictions on it and didn't work very well. Uh, more recently, it's becoming a lot better. Google has has updated it and it does a lot. Uh, a lot. Of, it's free and it does a lot of what chat GPT-4, which is a paid version of OpenAI does. So it's, I think it's getting a lot more traction, a lot more use. And I've read that BARD is good for, I think it's because it's connected to the internet and you can get live real-time information. It's more, it's better for uh, data or for real, real-time information if you want to do comparisons, whereas OpenAI is getting better and has some plugins that you can add to it and, and some functionality that make it better. But that's kind of BARD. So I would say open AI and BARD are probably the two big, big ones that everybody's using because they're just easy to do. And, and Google is integrating them into um into Google workspace. So you can add AI to your Google Sheets and to Google Docs. And you can even add it into if you use Google Messaging on your cell phone, you can add it into there. So you just hit a button and it'll suggest some options based off of your conversation like what to reply so you're getting to the point where you don't even have to type or, or think about what you reply it's it's going to do that for you
0: yeah well at least it'll give you like the first step right it'll give you something to react to so I think uh, that's always what people are afraid of, is that it's going to start thinking for us. And I don't think that's ever going to be the case. I think it definitely will will output stuff where um, you, we will utilize our expertise to modify and perfect things at a much increased and faster rate.
1: I agree. I, th- I think, though, in, in a case like having AI hooked up to your text messaging software, I think the suggestions that are there, I think people can be lazy and just they'll see a response that kind of meets what they want to say. So they'll just click it and it'll it'll send. So I I think it's a little bit of it's 50 50. A little bit of both.
0: Okay, a little bit of both. Yeah, All
1: right. they'll think about it, but maybe not not so much.
0: (laughs) Well, before we go into the differences, right? I really want to focus in on the platforms because the platforms that were ChatGPT and Bard and now we've got new uh, platforms as well. Um, Can you kind of go into what's kind of showed up recently as far as being available to the public?
1: Yeah, and just to continue on like the list of, of a couple other ones, Hugging Face is another really popular one. It's open source, so people can download it, unlike um most of OpenAI and, and BARD. So people can download it and they can use it to customize it for whatever they want. So that's getting a lot of traction too. And then there's a bunch of other ones from companies that you may have heard of, like NVIDIA, they have one called Nemo um, that has different purposes. And then there's other ones like XLN Net, which interestingly, I found out it was released in 2019. Um, so there's some other yes. large language LLMs, large language language models that were released years ago. They just never, you know, the general public never knew about it, never paid attention to it. Um, so I, I think and there's several other ones that are like that. And I, I think the comparison kind of is the internet, like the internet and coincidentally, AI were almost invented around the same time in the early 60s. And nobody really used it. I mean, the military was using the internet and nobody started using it until I believe it was the 80s, 83 or 84. Mm. Um, and that's when we started getting the first website and people started uh, getting easier access to it. So AI is kind of similar in, in that way that it was invented a long time ago. People were using it commercially and it was only just recently uh, in 2020. late 2022 that, you know, the public jumped on and now it's just going crazy and, and changing the way we do things.
0: Interesting. So I guess when when I say the the old and the new platforms, it doesn't really fit the scenario, right? So if you're saying XLM net was released in 2019, have you had a chance to use that one?
1: I've not, I have not even seen it. So I've, I've definitely seen like, um, Hugging Face and Bard and Google. Um, there's another one that's really big and, and becoming more popular. They just had a new release. They went from version one to version two, which is a company called Anthrop- Anthropic, and they have a um, an AI called Claude. So that one is is also free. It has a lot of the functionality that ChatGPT does, and with the new release that they they um, have version two that came out about a week ago. Um, that's getting a lot of traction too, because it's free. It's more powerful than some of the other ones that are out there, more powerful than chat GPT-3. And it, again, it's I mean, they all kind of have the same idea, but um, Claude is has a different purpose. Their purpose behind releasing that language model is that they want it to be a happier, safer language model. So the responses are a lot different. They're sometimes almost comical where it is overly polite, and it also has, I guess, more guardrails. So it it kind of um keeps you on track to learning and research and and doing, you know, proper things. If you try to jailbreak it or do things that it's not supposed to, like some people do with BARD and and Chat GPT, it it just won't let you do it. It's kind of hard-coded into it, it cannot let you do that.
0: Yeah. And when you say happier, uh, I think really what it is meant to be, and it this goes back to the the podcast that we talked about with with Mo God about really infusing morality and ethics into the base coding of the utilization of these LLMs. And, and that's what Claude has done. So I appreciate like the, the direction that those two uh, were doing. And when I say those two, those those original founders, and those were prior uh, uh, ChatGPT, I'm sorry, uh, open AI employees, uh, I believe.
1: Interesting, so, okay.
0: Yeah. So, and and that being said, like, let's, let's kind of go into these differences, right? And so what we're talking about, and you kind of delved into this, right? So I wanted to get out there. Like there are tons of platforms. There's going to be more platforms coming out there. And I encourage everybody that's actually listening to this to go ahead and go out there and utilize these and find out the difference. Um, And interestingly enough, that you were telling me about a software that you can input a prompt that will, will uh, produce different uh, responses across different platforms. Is that right?
1: Yeah, I have a, a subscription to a platform where it's loaded up with the ones that we just talked about and then several other one, other language models. Um, a lot of them that, that I've never heard of and they're there. And, and what it allows you to do, it's kind of a development platform to do research and testing on, on products or, or prompting. So you can take one prompt and then run it through several different language models and see the results. So if you're building a product or you want to use it for a specific purpose for your company, Um, or for specific research you can see which language model would be better and um, it could be one of the the public or easy accessible easily accessible ones or it might be one of the lesser known ones and what's good about the ones like that are is that you can for free download them they're open source you can download them locally onto your computer and use them and run them on your computer without the internet you can uh, because they're open source you have the computer code and you can modify them for your, your purpose. Um, So those are some interesting ones as well. And and one of the, the big ones that was just released um, yesterday or two days ago, and it's kind of being rolled out to, to people is uh, meta or the Facebook company has their own language model, which is open source. And um, they have, I believe it's four or five different versions of it. And the, uh, each version is a different size. And I think, you know, the top one is, is a huge size. But you can also all of those models. You can download and use it for your, use it internally on your local computer at home or, or for work. So it's very interesting. I think a lot of people will be able to. A lot of companies will be able to take one of these language models. It, it, it's looking right now like the Meta one is is going to be popular because it's so large and has so much information that and it's open source that companies or uh, companies can download it. And and incorporate it into their operations and um, not fear security or uh, confidential information being leaked out. So it's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah, that's the next wave. Totally. And I think there's a couple of points that I want to make from what you said is one is that if you are getting back, getting back various different responses from the same prompt, it does take those expertise for you to know what good looks like. Right. It's not something that you can just kind of lean into and say, "Okay, well, that one sounds good. That one sounds good. Really, that's where the expertise of your professional experience will come into play to 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 know which platform will generate the best output uh, takes your professional experience in perspective.
1: Yeah, definitely. You always have to fact check, which is something that we we always tell the children Absolutely. in our academy where we're teaching them how to use generative AI is no matter what information comes out, you, you need to fact check it, whether you're 12 years old or you're 50-year-old 50, 50 and you're using it for you know, a teacher at school or you're a student um, or using it for work, whatever, if it gives you a number or a very specific fact, it's not really designed for that. Or most of them are, most of the language models are not designed for that. They're, they're text transformers. They're there to, uh, their purpose is to take text and put it together in a, a human format, a human readable format. So any facts that come out, you definitely have to check it. Even if it's, you know, it seems like a very minor fact, it's, it's good to check it. Absolutely. I think Bard is, is maybe a little easier uh, or needs a little bit less review just because it's connected to the internet and has current information. So it it's it's going out and and comparing to websites and I mean they you know not everything on the internet is true but it's it's getting more information that's real time whereas a lot of the other ones like uh ChatGPT is not connected to the internet unless you use one of the plugins so the information is um, stalled at 2021, late 2021 for the language model. So
0: hallucinations are real, it's not tangible, but they're real, they're there. They'll make you look silly. So be careful (laughs) what you put out there. Uh, And the the other point that I wanted to make from your uh, discussion was the public interface versus the API interface, right? So in our own personal testings, we've seen that the outputs are completely different. There's different guardrails. I uh, wanted you to kind of talk about that a little bit as far as like what you've been seeing between the difference between the public interface and the API interface.
1: Yeah, the, so the big one where there's uh, two kind of different interfaces, is and it's just recently, is for Anthropic, the, the Cloud AI, there's, um, like an API interface, and it's kind of like a playground where you can go in and and use it like you can with BARD and and ChatGPT, but it's for a specific purpose. I mean, it's for development um, or commercial purposes. And I believe up until maybe even just recently, I don't think it's changed. You can't gain access to it. They close it down, I think, just because there was so much volume going on and they wanted to focus on what looks like their most recent release, which is upgrading it from version one or model one to model two, and then giving the public a, uh, a public public access to it. So just with an email address, you can sign up and go to the website and use it. Um, I, I haven't confirmed it yet, but I, I think the public version is maybe not the full version two release. And I believe it, it'll it take a prompt size of up to 75,000 tokens um, where Google, uh, Chat GPT is 4,096, I believe it is. So it's got a much bigger memory, larger memory. Um, and then Model 2, and then in, in the API version that I have access to, will take up to 100,000 tokens per prompt. So wow. huge big difference uh, depending on what you do, what you wanna do. So you could literally upload a book to it and, and then interact with the, that book and, and ask questions and get summaries. Uh, or research papers, so uh, you can use it for a lot of different purposes, which is really cool.
0: That's fascinating, and not just doing a review of that book, but extrapolating the themes and the hypothesis and theories that are coming out of that book. I think that's that's really where that kind of the magic is going to really spark that that, that genuine uh, curiosity, I should say, right. So I think that's that's what gets me excited about all of this stuff that's what that's why we're trying to teach the kids about is like the passion and the curiosity it's not about getting the answers it's about finding the questions so, but I don't want to get too far off base. I know okay. we're here to talk about platforms and add-ons. So we covered uh, what's new, what was, what is, and and the differences between the different platforms. Let's um, kind of parlay into the add-ons because this is exciting. Like as things grow, the evolutions within specific uh, platforms. And uh, I think what we'll be talking about is ChatGPT on this one. So tell me about all the new things on ChatGPT.
1: Yeah. Again, chat, GP, chat GPT is the, you know, the big one, the most popular one I think right now. And they have, you know, chat GPT three, which is the free version. If you have chat GPT four, the pro version, which costs $20 a month, there's a lot more functionality. Um, it, it's a little bit slower to deal with. And they used to limit the requests that you could make to 25 every three hours. And just starting yesterday, and it's rolling out, so I got access to it today, uh, or it updated my account, where you can submit 50 prompts every three hours. So there's some limitations there, which can get frustrating sometimes, but definitely an improvement. And with that paid version, there are plugins that are available. So if you activate those plugins or access to those plugins in your settings, there's, I mean, I think every day there's, I mean, there's probably dozens and dozens of new ones that get added to the list. And the plugins will do different things. one of them, kind of a simple one, is a plugin for Expedia. So you can use ChatGPT and just ask it questions and say, like, I'm gonna, you know, I'm going on a flight from A to B, find me the cheapest flight, and it'll connect to the internet, collect, connect to Expedia and look up airfares and come back and give you options and say, Here are with three or five options that I found with a link to go and book it on Expedia. So that's what the plugins can do. And, you know, there's some that will um, go to YouTube, you can put a YouTube link in it, it'll review the it'll go through the YouTube video, summarize it, then you can interact and ask questions about the YouTube video. So there's a lot of uh, really interesting ones. It's stuff that you have to be uh, concerned about a little bit or, or, you know, make sure that you uh, research it is it's like the, the iPhone, uh, the Apple marketplace, or the Google app marketplace um, there's not a whole lot of verification there. So you have to be careful what you're downloading. Mm-hmm. And um, I think unfortunately probably like half of them don't really work. So yeah, yeah, you know, you get a hit and miss, but there are some really good ones and when you find one that works, it's great. So that's a, a really good benefit. And then another thing that was released with um, chat GPT just a few weeks ago and has been a huge, a huge thing in that. wait wait
0: wait account. hold on before we go on to the huge huge thing yep. how can people um kind of analyze the different plugins is there a, a place where they can go to to kind of review those and um, what was that the plugin dot
1: yeah it was um oh I have to look at it really quick so the if if you have access to it or you get access to it and you go to see it it's kind of a really bad interface and it's hard to go through them and search for what you want. And really bad interface. Yeah, it's not done very well. And I came across um, a website, which is plugin, plugin.surf, S-U-R-F. So instead of .com, it's surf. And it's a free site. It's really good. It lists all of the different plugins. And I mean, every day there's new ones coming out. And it's a lot easier. It lists them out. It puts them out in list format. It's a lot uh, more graphical, so it's easier to look at. You can. It's broken down also into different categories like productivity, education, entertainment. So it helps you narrow down what you want. You can search for them, and then they have a nice box at the top where it. Um, you can click it, and it'll tell you, it'll give you a list of all the the new ones. So that's a really good little. Tip: If you like plugins or you start getting into them and you want to find them, this is definitely a lot easier to find something that you may want to use.
0: Absolutely, and yeah, I mean, it's a good everybody, call. At, everybody at some point is going to want to be using these plugins. As the more advanced that you get utilizing ChatGPT, these become uh, some of your best friends to uh, really make everything present, presently useful, I should say. So, I wanted to drop that golden nugget before we move That's on good to one. the next big, big thing that you wanted to tell us about within the settings.
1: So yeah, the really good thing that came out a few weeks ago that added a huge amount of functionality, and I think you may have seen it and just skipped over it because the name of the, it's a mode. So chat GPT-3 is a mode, GPT-4 is a mode. There's another mode, uh, plugins is is a mode also that you activate. There's a new one that is called Code Interpreter. So the general idea of it is it's supposed to be for coding to uh, write code and verify code and, and edit code for developers, computer developers, but it's not limited to that. It's got huge functionality where now you can upload documents to ChatGPT for. Um, so you can upload an Excel file, you can upload a PDF, you can upload images, and ChatGPT can read them. So if you upload an image, it, it can read what or tell what's in the image. If you upload a PDF file, um, and it can take files that are huge, I've I've heard people uploading things as big as like 200 200 banks, I think, or even over that. So it can accept huge file sizes with a lot of information. Um, One of the big things that I've heard people are doing is uploading sometimes very large Excel files, and then doing data analysis. So where, I mean, if you... If you've been doing that, if you've done that before, it's a lot of work. If in and a lot of people might not have access to it now, anybody with an Excel file with some information in it, whether it's a small amount of information or you know, pages and pages, hundreds of pages of information, you can upload that Excel file and in seconds prompt it and ask it for some question and you summarize information or do comparisons between A and B, and it'll do that for you. Um, not only will it write it out, it will create bar charts. It'll create graphs. It'll um, even you can ask it to export the information to Word, so it will exp- it'll create a Word document and give you a link that you can export. Uh, do the same thing for an Excel file. I mean, huge, huge functionality and a lot of you know very powerful tools that are now accessible to everyone. And it's as simple as just asking a question. Upload something, ask a question, um, and it'll even do some some image editing. So I I haven't done it, but I've heard you can upload an image and you can ask it to change it from color to black and white, or you can ask it to crop the image and it'll do that for you. So really cool tool.
0: Oh man, watch out, Excel ninjas. I know that was a thing. I know that was a thing, Excel ninjas, because all of a sudden, We're all ninjas, so it becomes dangerous.
1: <laughs> well, I just want to mention something. Yeah, one other thing, which is kind of neat, um, and and then I'll go back to the spreadsheet thing with it with uh, Google. Uh, one of the other things that I've heard a couple of people do, um, and one person that I that was uh, describing in a, in a group you can upload and so there's some confidentiality and you know uh, confidentiality questions about this and if you do do this I, I would suggest maybe waiting out some of the information your names and and patient information but um, people are uploading medical results so whether it's a lab tests or a dna tests or you know just typing in um, symptoms or diagnosis of what you received It will, um, the code interpreter will analyze all that information and come back with results for you. So the uh, one person that I know has some rare genetic disease. He, something to do with water, uh, it affects his skin, and it just kind of showed up one time, one day, 10 years ago, and he's gone through all kinds of DNA tests and all kinds of medical tests. Nobody could tell him what it was, um, but at one point when he lived in Dubai, it was it wasn't as bad, uh, it, was all, it almost disappeared, he didn't have any symptoms. And he ended up uploading all his medical records that he had to code interpreter, and it came out gave him a diagnosis. And it, it, it explained why when he was in Dubai that it didn't affect him. So it doesn't cure him, but it gives him a lot more information. And, and what he said was perfect. Is He said, now I have information and I'm gonna go back and say, just go back to my doctors and say, instead of just saying, you know this is what it is, here is some other information. So yeah. on a positive note, I think it it's a great tool that individuals can use to ad, advocate for their own health. Um, I think doctors might have a rough time with it. I mean, they already don't like Google and they don't like Google quote unquote doctors where everybody's going to Google and getting information and going back and saying, well, Google said, um, so I think this is the next level, but it, but it could be a lot better. I think a lot better results. So definitely. Um, a lot of functionality, whether it's for medical reasons or, or personal reasons, um, education, business, you know, just yep. learning. So it's a really cool tool. Definitely yep. recommend it's If you haven't upgraded and, and are paying the $20 for uh, ChatGPT for the pro account, it is definitely worth it if you're into this and, and going to use it more than just occasionally.
0: Right, right. And, and by no means, are we saying this is medical advice? I think what Alex was showing was the capabilities and potential that we'll be able to utilize this again to spark that passionate curiosity, but then balancing that with the expertise of medical professionals, right? And so at least yeah, going definitely. in the right direction. So I'm excited but, for it, all of that, like everything that you can input into here and the, and the, the potential is huge.
1: Yeah, just to support what you said, Kanji, there's a, a company that um, has a large language model that they created but it's specific to healthcare and it's, it's for doctors. So you, you have to be a doctor to get access to it and subscribe to it, but it's a huge database. And the purpose of it is to um, help doctors, same idea, upload information, patient diagnosis, patient facts, and it will come out and give you um, a diagnosis or suggestions for a diagnosis and give you suggestions, give the doctors suggestions for clinical, um, clinical plans or treatments. So it it says you know, on the website that it it's meant as a tool to help doctors. So it's not eliminating doctors, but it's a very specific language model for doctors to get information because it I mean, it has access to all of the medical medical information. So it can make comparisons between, you know, if you have 10 or 15 different test results, it can do a very quick analysis and compare it um, and then provide possible solutions that a trained professional can look at and then, determine whether that is applicable for that specific case or not. So definitely you got to, you know, add some human touch to it, whether it's professional or not, you know, depending on what you're doing, but a uh, great tool to help you expand and learn.
0: Oh my God, that the implications of that are so exciting because, you know, I come from a rural area and, and we always had a hard time getting doctors, one, to come down there and then two, to stay. But the access to information that worldwide, I mean, this will have world global implications, about the access of medical uh, applications, right? And medical professionals having the ability to quickly diagnose and provide a better and more holistic, uh, you know, uh, what, what am I trying to say? Cure for folks, yeah. right? Or
1: Definitely, you yeah, know, a lot plan. of great things, a lot of positive, it's a tool with a lot of positive uh, affects uh, worldwide, not just locally.
0: Oh, see, you did it. You sparked joy in me. Thanks, Alex. <laughs> Always doing it. Technology and happy. I'm I'm feeling it.
1: <laughs> Happiness is a choice.
0: <laughs> well, that was today. I just really wanted to focus in on platforms and add-ons. I know um, I, as these things uh, Progress and evolve. There will be no shortage of us to provide these these quick tips to to everybody that's listening out there. So, uh, again, as yeah. always, Alex, I really appreciate you joining.
1: I just want to add really quick too, because I said I would mention this uh, go, after I talked about the healthcare thing. You mentioned Excel ninjas, and I mean, I use Excel and I know some of the functionality. I am definitely not an Excel ninja um, now. So, if you you have to sign up for it and get access to it right now with Google to get um, the the BARD database added to your workspace, to Gmail and, and uh, Google Docs and Google Sheets. But if you do get it and it's there, there's a little button that's there on the top left. And if you click on that icon, a little helper help window opens up and you can tell it to create whatever Excel spreadsheet you want. So you can just say, create a spreadsheet to uh, you know analyze salaries and um, it, it'll come up and it'll do all the headings, all the rows. it will put the formulas in for you. And so you don't have to be a, a spreadsheet ninja anymore. You can ask AI to do it.
0: I know. It's, kind it's, dangerous. it's dangerous. I'm a number cruncher. I'm like, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm just kidding. It's all right. I need to my expertise.
1: You're going to be today. swimming in Excel sheets now, Kanji. <laughs>
0: Oh, man. Well, next next time we get together, let's uh, talk about collaborative platforms. So not just utilizing it as individuals, but utilizing this as a team to kind of grow and, and uh, collaborate on how we can uh, really improve businesses. We're doing this with the kids now. I think it'll, it would behoove our listeners to hear a little bit more about how we set that up and how we can um, help others to do that as well.
1: Sounds good. Look forward to it. Good talking to you. As
0: always, I'll chat right. soon with you. Bye. Bye.